You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Use my So chapter 12, our world history in black and white. The Human Genome Project, which studied the entire makeup of the human DNA, discovered that every human is 99.9% the same, with all our differences accounting for only 0.1% of our DNA makeup. And that's on page 207. Further genetic studies show that the race has no true biology behind it. In the face of our advancing knowledge, a race... Race emerges less as a scientific reality and more as a cultural construct. So I'm asking, why do you think we still have racism in the light of all that science? I just think humans will be humans, you know? (laughs) I I, I mean, I just think people... Again, maybe it's, I don't want to say it's the pandemic in any way, shape, or form. It's not the pandemic, in fact. It's just made me realize in my 35 years of living, people have always been the same. People are not, I don't, we're going to go into a debate here, but I just think people are inherently, I don't want to say greedy. Greedy is very, very, greedy is a very strong, strong world, but people look out for number one. And in so, you know, is what can I take from this person in order to benefit myself? I mean, history has shown us that, like in regards to, or we're reading a book based on on black on black people, where it's slavery. We'll probably go into that, into slavery and this, that, and the third. We live in a world where people take advantage of people. I am not surprised in any way, shape, or form. Ignorance, and I think it's ignorance, and I think it's it's. See how they say back in the day, say like a it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes, in my opinion, it takes village to cut out like if someone's being racist if every person around that person does not condone it doesn't matter college or if they don't condone it and they say like nah like you're an outcast you're not welcome here if everyone says that it will change mindsets i think this is ignorance it's mindset it's it, we, we've all got a part to play but yeah. like we've all got a part to play and i've used an example before whereby like um um when, when I went, my man taught in certain countries like Poland and like Romania and that, where they, in small towns and, and villages where they weren't used to seeing black people. And they were a bit like, it's just being afraid. Sometimes it's afraid of the unknown. It's being afraid of the unknown. And like, when like, cause I was teaching in these mini communities, these mini environments where we had to all interact. By the end of it, they wanted me to come chill with their family home. When you come back, make sure you come and see us. They hadn't even like really fully engaged with a black person before, so it's, it's all about that. It's all about like, just like, um, it's just about embracing other people's cultures. It's about um, increasing. It's about it's about increasing your knowledge and other people's cultures and behaviors. It's all of that, man. That's what I think. There's a lot. There's a number of factors, but there's a number of factors, but we, I think we've got to like. I think everyone has a part to play in trying to. In trying to change mindsets, if if someone if someone's got a prejudiced view or or they or they or they're racist, how have they come about in that way? As there's a life experience, has something happened to them? Did they get robbed by? If there's a white man, did he get robbed by a group of black boys when he was 14? Like, what has he got? No black mates, or 
like had, has he has he grown up in an environment where like you know they never I don't know they never they didn't have anyone around me. like how have you come that way like how have you become that way I don't it's just that's why it's I think it's all in relation to that. Sorry, let me just add a bit more. So like I've often and I probably haven't even clarified it in some way shape or form. And there's this is gonna sound crazy. I mean like two three nights ago, maybe a little bit longer, about it was about twelve o'clock. I had so much shit running through my mind. I had to go for a little walk and literally just clear my clear my mind as to what I was thinking about. And even today, as we were, I mean, I was literally kind of like finishing up the book or reading up on a passage. And as to, I think, essentially, why can't we all get along <laughs> is, I, I know I've said it before, as to human behaviour, but, okay, let's look at, we've got the United States who have, have always been um, some form of power. I was going to say economic power, but let's say a power. And you've always had Russia, and they've always kind of made them those two individuals or those two those two countries at loggerheads. And all of a sudden, um, China's come into this come into this equation, and in some in some way, shape, or form, um, I want to make sure I get my comparison out very well. Like no one saw. I don't say no one saw China China come in any way, shape, or form, but. You're now not going to get um, a world war based on bombs being dropped on countries. Because guess what? Very similar to the streets, or like using a, a very simple analogy, would be if someone tried to rob me, all right, and I didn't have something, they'd be able to take it off me. But if someone tried to rob me and I raised my shirt and all of a sudden you saw a gun on my hip, you'll think twice, wouldn't you? And also, and what I'm saying is China have China or like some other countries have now become powerful themselves to the point now that there's a level of respect being shown now i've almost kind of lost where i'm going but what i'm saying is america were this dominant force you've got russia who are dominant force china china weren't who they were 20 years ago they've become who they are now and they're here to stay and moving on to or discussing africa africa or, or the caribbean or what we just got to do the same as well now, I'm not talking about weapons. I know that's that's a part or that form is part of the, the conversation. But whereas economics, I know in, um, later on in the book, it talks about Malcolm X talks about, yeah, Malcolm X in particular, talking Marcus about, um, I think, the military and physically and all that type of stuff. But people only know that hard hand. Like, well, if I use my own life, for example, I know Mason's mentioned this before. So like when I was younger, I was just a very nice kid. Very nice person, and I, and I allow people to get away with shit. Try that shit today. Try that shit today. Just for experience, I now know. Like I, I, I just didn't want no problems. I'm like, ah, whatever, whatever, not a big deal. Blah blah. I now know through experience and through living life, people learn through the hard hand. <laughs> no, it's true. It's hard. That hard hand. People understand only a firm hand. Mm. America trying to bully China. China thinking, I dare you try that shit. Same with Russia, I dare you try that shit. They can't do that. It's all about racism and stuff, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, refer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you might have missed my point, or I've gone a bit. No, no, I've got your point because no, okay. it, it, it's more relatable to later on in the book with the Malcolm yeah. and Marcus Garvey yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, well, you, you kind of skipped a few chapters there, bro. Um, reverting back to the question, though, is why do you why do you think we still have racism? Um, yeah, similar to you, Mace. But um, to to add to what you're saying, I also think it's a lack of education, and it's mm. systemic as well, especially in the Western world. 
and I'm just I just happened to be reading uh, another an additional book called Sapiens, and it it, it talks about how I, no I'll tell a lie. I'm reading a book called Sapiens, and I'm also reading a book by James Baldwin. Um, he's a famous American African African American writer, um, and he talks about obviously the racism that he grew up in, and he he speaks of it in an uh, eloquent way. And something that did strike strike a nerve when I was reading is the fact that he talks about the state and the actual country allowing the racism to preside. So he talks about, um, you know, when you've got a mob, like when a mob is going to lynch someone, it's not, it's not a case of they've all just suddenly been like, okay, let's just go and do this. It's mm. the, it's the actual, the counties, the state has allowed them to have that mentality to say, this is okay for us to do so mm. we can go do it. Cause we know there's not going to be no repercussions. So, it's it's similar to like having a business. If you're if whoever's at the top of the business, if you're the owner, you set the precedent of that business. So if you think being lazy is okay, everyone below you is gonna think it's okay to be lazy. If you think it's good to be positive and give everyone a high five and you give everyone um, support, then that's gonna filter down through your workforce. So it comes from the top. It comes from the top of uh, the, the the pyramid or the system, whatever you want to call it, how you, however you want to define it, but it's allowed to be like this because it's it's a system, it's, it's built in a system to continually be racist. That's why we have systemic racism because governments and that we that like realistically they could stop racism in a heartbeat. Like like when we just seen the the killing of um, Floyd George and everything like that, what. What what did the president say? Um, Trump, he wasn't he wasn't exactly against it. He wasn't really like I'm condemning this. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you're saying the person at the top of the pile, not really giving two shits, you're gonna think that's okay to do and continue to do it. So it's gonna continue to flourish. But as as he makes out um, at the end of that last uh, excerpt that I read, racism is a cultural construct because we're not born thinking about race like you you learn everything you learn it from your parents and your parents before them so these are learned behaviors this is not something that you inherently think oh when you see a black person or when a white person when a black person sees the white person you think negative um, connotations you have to be taught that for you to then in order to, to think like that so I, I put it down to a lack of education um, definitely ignorance and it being Systemic is part of the the system that we're 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 built into. So historical evidence proves that Africa is the birthplace and true motherland for every civilization, race, and religion. It's from the original African man and African woman that all people evolved, and that's on page two ten. Would knowing this information made a difference to you at a younger age? I, I'm not too sure. I feel like I kind of know that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yes. But you knew that from the get-go? Not from the get-go, but like, not from the get Sorry, I'm just, I'm actually trying to charge my laptop. Uh, not, not, from the, not from the get-go, but um, like, I've kind of, I knew it from a, like, I've known it from an age to, to like, 
I don't know what is the point. What's the point you're trying to make here? That if I had a bit of an inkling, then what? Then maybe I'll stick together with my community, or I think as as I guess as a more of a race, essentially. If mm. we if we knew if I think if we knew that we because remember think about it back in the day obviously like we're like me and you mates we're from Caribbean family background and P from a more uh, African background but essentially we're all from Africa yeah but that wasn't that wasn't the, the um, okay. that wasn't the rhetoric it was yeah. very it was very okay you guys are African we're Caribbean yeah there wasn't there wasn't a unified we're all African and that's that. There wasn't that. There wasn't that at all. It was very much like, okay, well, you lot talk funny, you lot sound funny, you lot are from Africa and like all the all the jokes that used to run and all of that. So for me personally, like I didn't know that. I didn't know that Africa was the the true motherland until I got a little bit older. I was a bit more aware, but by then I was a lot more aware of what was going on around me. Whereas if we'd if we'd been taught that, if we'd all been taught that from a younger age, I think that would have made a difference in terms of being more unified, 100 percent Me personally, anyway, but obviously that's my experience. Um, I feel like from high school, I kind of but I don't know what age I would say. Still no, but even high school, I think yeah. even high school's a bit late though, because man was running certain jokes in primary school, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Was it? No, he was. Maybe not you personally. I'm not going to say you personally, but yeah, yeah. I can't say man went in the prep in primary school and the jokes weren't flying and man went laughing. At least, yeah. Early years of high school, I know there was a there was a lot of a lot of back and forth, but deep down, like early years, I don't know when, but I know earlier primary school. I I, I was. A, because I went to my primary school, I went to a primary school, and to be honest, there wasn't actually, it was predominantly white. There was a few black kids, but it was mainly white. And mm. actually, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. It was more high school, the whole yeah. divide crossed my mind. But yeah. it was across my mind, but it came up more. But even yeah. then, like in the back of my head, I knew that obviously we're all from the same place. Well, obviously, but I knew we we're all from the same place. But at the same time, you still rep your damn, you rep your, um, you'd rep yeah. your island or continent, boy. Yeah. What was you going to say there, MP? No, so like in regards to Pride, yeah, I understand um, it would have helped to maybe have known in primary school. But mm -hmm. as to, I think, what was your question as to why is there some form of a divide? Like in order to create wealth, you have to divide the people. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask that question. But so no, what was I, your question? I wrote, I wrote something down. No, I said that my original question would, was would knowing this information made a difference to you at a younger age? So knowing that the original man was an African man and African woman, like yeah. they, they, like the African, like the, the first people on earth was from the continent of Africa. Facts. That's facts. That's scientific proof that that is facts. Right? Until it gets discovered that is not. Right now, right now, like whatever day it is at this very moment in time, it's factual that the first the first um, human existence can be found from Africa. Cool. I think yeah, the reason why I mentioned that was because I think you were talking about the separation before this person before this group yeah. this group in there. Yeah, yeah, I think it would have made a difference by way of um, by way of pride. I understand that. Um, as an adult, I just I now understand in order to create wealth, you need to create some form of division you can't like 
see this social, I don't want to go too deep, but in order to create a socialist society, we all got to be equal. That means you have a million, and Mason, I have a million, um, and French has a million. Whereas, I don't know, Mason Mason may have a different different perspective and might think to, might think to himself, you know what, I can make 10 million. Why would I want to divide my riches? You know, mm-hmm. and hence, you start creating separation amongst the people. All right, do you know what? That's a good point because there was a couple, there's a few more parts that um, I'm going to probably skip over because I don't really think it's that necessary to, to really um, dive into it. But I will, off the back of what you just said, I'm going to go into this this part now, which is on page 227, he says, but even if I have 100 million brothers and sisters that I'm constantly beefing with, I should always recognise their family and never trade even one of them for even an infinite amount of New Jordans. And that's on page 227. Mm. He's coming from today's perspective. After seeing generational results of slavery, do you think in today's world we would not sell out our brothers and sisters? Today's world, yeah, 100%. It happens every day. Mm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And even, and the point you, the, the point you referenced, I think he was, he was making reference back to how the hell do we let Europeans come into Africa and yeah. even and, and take us to the Caribbean islands, to South America, to to England? How yeah. do we make that happen? And unfortunately, even back then, where there's money to be made, you're going to sell people out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more still. What was, even, uh, what? even if, like, say, like, a group of people are on the road, yeah, mm. and, like, they're like, do you know what, like, um, I don't know, we're all in this together, whatever. If a man gets if one man gets caught, he's not like sorry, a few men get caught, one of them is likely to score, like, and you came into it together, it's like it's just law of averages, one or two people or someone's gonna or people are gonna get caught. But if you come in together, it should be this bond, this pack. But a few men are gonna just be like, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not doing 15, I'm gonna I'd rather do a seven and get a couple <laughs> of books in. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Paddle tells fucking snitches. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got nothing else to add. I think you both um, articulated quite well. All right. Um, yeah, so he goes on to mention some of um, the black heroes that we've had throughout history. Um, those included Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Toussaint Lefortaire, if that's how you say his name. Toussaint, Toussaint Lefortaire. And I'm don't know why I'm putting an accent on it, but um, you probably need to. So it's like that that it's, it's um, French. Haitian French. Yeah, it's it's French or something still. But I've I've actually I'm, I'm aware of who that is. I've read yeah. it a bit of time. Um, moving on to chapter thirteen, the movement breaking the shackles. Uh, I want to know what in regards to the two philosophies that he he talks about from yeah. Booker T. Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. Yeah. What, what philosophy do you lean towards and why? That's a good question. Um, if you'd asked me that maybe three to five years ago, um, I would have leaned more towards... So was W.E.D. W. Mr. Du Bois, was he about the 10%, the, 10, the top 10? 10? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have I leaned the towards... The talented 10. Uh, yeah, the talented 10. I would yeah. lead more towards him, but you see, I don't know. In recent times, I've become a lot more immersed with what Malcolm X was about, and I've become a lot more immersed, in, and even with what people are saying, and even what's been going on in our society around us, and the fact that 
sometimes or most times actually and throughout history where we've had riots in our country in our country here things don't stop until you stand up and you strike with the iron fist and you say you know what everything burned down or all war is war or whatever it is and then things change because all this softly softly protest all that does they'll give you a little inch so it looks like a little piece of change might be made here and there just to give you a little something to say you know what your protesting is working when you come and and really bun down the place and and hitting where the where where the pockets where the, where the, where it really hurts, that's when you see real change. So I I'm more likely to side with a with a Malcolm X or with a with a Marcus Garvey. But that being said, obviously but before but before you even get to those because those philosophies yeah. are spurned from either the boy the boy the boy or Booker T. Yeah. So yeah. Just, so, I, just right. wanna, I just want to focus on those two before we start oh, no, talking about Malcolm X and Marcus. Okay, I be, I believe that coming from a Malcolm X approach is likely to get more more shit done um, and done very and done quickly. But what's so, crazy no. and done quickly yeah, in the short term, as in get things changed in the short term. But what's crazy, or not what's crazy, but in the long term. If we're gonna, even when we look at things like the police force, yeah, we need to be in, we need to be breaded in, and then grow within those ranks to root out and eventually cast out that systemic racism, systemic thought process that's belonged in that. I'm giving one example: the police force belonged in the police force for so many years because actually we've all said shun them and never becoming a police officer because of the way they treat man. But then none of us are in that system. If we can get some people filtering in, moving up, and hopefully they ain't turn to Uncle Tommy, then we can see real change. Do you get what I'm saying? It's the same with Trump, when the point you made earlier, we said, if you've got a, a president who is not really saying there's anything wrong with it, it almost breathes, um, it breathes acceptance among those who are out there, um, who are out there um, behaving the way they do. But if mm. you've got people that are coming up and can root in, maybe it takes some years, but coming that low, that level, and move up, and they come from the background, and they don't turn to Mr. Tommy Burns or Uncle Tommy, yeah? then you have a chance long-term, which is more what you're looking at this um, this top 10 or, or te 10 percent or whatever it was that um, Mr. Dubai. So I, 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 think, I think that there is space and room for both. I think a Malcolm X type vision or style, short-term, that is going to see bang. But, it's, but then, long term, because he's saying don't mix with them at all, we're going to have this separation divide. Who wants the war all the way through? Let's try and... Just, just not even to interrupt you, but yeah. you've got to realise with Malcolm X, he also changed his perspective once he came he back did. from America. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. Very true. And I'm missing that part. I, I, um, okay. Yeah, go on. Now, I was just going to say... Um, just, just to kind of keep, because we're gonna, we're gonna move on to Malcolm X. We're gonna move on to Marcus Garvey. Like they're very obviously prominent figures in our, in our history. But I just want to almost go back a step before we get there and define. You kind of answered it anyway, but I just want to make sure that we, we, I guess, make sure we are shining the light on the other individuals that were before them. So Booker T. Washington. That's 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 someone who, if you're going to be talking about Malcolm X, he got his ideas and thought process essentially via Booker T. Washington. Mm -hmm. 
So I just wanted to make that clear, not just for you, but for people that are listening as well. Yeah, that yeah sorry. I know you started on those things. I kept moving on, didn't I? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. I'll cool, man. What, what about you, um, yourself, AP? Um, yeah, I mean, it's mad because I think a lot of what I want to say kind of relates to um, Marcus Garvey, MLK and um, Malcolm X himself. But like... But between those two who I just mentioned, Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Dubois, what philosophy do you lean towards and why? Oh, you know what? When you were discussing it, I was a bit lost as to kind of even what you were talking about. And it might be a case that it didn't quite maybe sink in as to their, their philosophies. But as to like what Mason was saying and his answer... And the integration and um, well, the integration. I don't know that that references the the ten percent. Uh, that's a, that's the world. That's the i. That's what. I, that's ultimately what we'd want. You know, an ideal world. You know, mm. but I. You know, I. I've, I've become. I've lived for thirty five years, and I just don't. And people lived several years before me, and nothing changed then. And not to say that I'm not hopeful of things changing in the future. And I do believe things can change in the future because as we've moved on and how time and, and as time has moved on things have got better but I just feel you're always going to have that systemic level of racism it may be um um faint's not the word it might be indirect or or what have you but I think it's always going to be there and I just feel people respect power political power and economic power not to go on a little further because I'm sure you're probably going to have questions in regards to that but that's just the way I've seen things and I was talking about China earlier maybe I was jumping the gun it's a case of they've 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 amassed economic power and I'm sure they've amassed um some political power as well because they go hand in hand mm. and I don't want to again go on because I'm sure you've got questions as to that like the states ain't got nothing on them like not nothing on them but they're going to say something that's going to um, um, threaten them or make them feel uncomfortable. Likewise, Russia, they can say as, they can say as much as they want. They're not going to make they're not going to make Russia feel uncomfortable. But but whether it's the French or whether it's the states, yes, they can make continents like Africa feel uncomfortable. Why? Because we don't have the economic or we don't have the political power. But yes, I would love to be integrated. That's the that's what that's 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 ultimately where I've come up from by way of my mindset. But as time has gone on, I've understood. Hence, probably the even conflict between MLK and my, and and, um, and Malcolm X. All right, cool. But going back to the actual question, what philosophy do you lean towards, and why? <laughs> no, 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 the reason why I, I did the dance, the reason why I did the dance, is because I I, I can't remember it. But I mean, yeah. I'm saying I, give you, I'll give, I've got it noted down. I can I can say it off the top of my head, but I've got yeah. it also noted down just to kind of. Um, give you some kind of um, help you remember and for those listening if you're not aware of either one of the philosophies so Booker T's philosophy was self-help educational and economic progress in the wake of white dom in the wake of a white dominated society of racial discrimination and rather than force political agendas and acceptance Washington believed it would be better served it would be better served blacks to focus on working for ourselves by training ourselves to be proficient yeah real-world jobs by marshalling a skilled trade. He felt this self-help approach would build a demand that would, over time, prove Blacks worthy of equal rights. Whereas W.E. Dubois' philosophy was political activism against a system to overcome injustice and, in and equality. Dubois believed that this was the only way for Blacks to overcome, and this ability was strongly contingent on an advanced education. 
He also promoted the fairy called the Talented Tenth. Now, this fairy is based on the simulation and stated that the top 10% of the African-American race, the best of the best, should seek higher educational should seek higher education through college-wide integrating with the most elite levels of society. From this experience, these elite blacks could be recognised and recognised as intellectual counterparts to whites, and thus reach their full potential in American society as brilliant men. W. D. Du Bois felt W. E. B. Du Bois felt this form of assimilation to white and world culture could transcend black men into leaders who could uplift the entire black race through freedom fighting efforts, they could lead to a fully integrated experience. So knowing those two philosophies, which one would you more lean towards? I would lean to, like, in, me personally, I would lean... If you're listening, um, well, not if you're listening, for the listeners, just, just based on those two philosophies, you can have a discussion amongst yourselves, you can, you can write in and say which ones that you would more lean towards yourselves. Go on, Pete. You know what? I, I almost did the flip flop. Now, I would, <laughs> I would love to like as W. D. Dubois was talking about. He was talking about being involved in politics and things of that nature, and mm. I loved that. And I like, and I like. I was going to say I would love a mixture of the two, but you asked me to pick between one and the other. Mm. Um, and and Booker T. Booker T. Washington's is also very good because you're talking about economic but growing your own economic power if that makes any sense and becoming self-reliant but i don't want to do this history because maybe it's the reason why i keep talking about uh, malcolm x and martin luther king because again obviously both of them got their inspiration from those individuals there mm-hmm. right? and you're going to argue you probably argue mlk got it from booker t washington and and malcolm x got his from um dubois in some way shape or form but, nah, like, malcolm x is from booker t washington as well cool. No worries. No, yeah, and I understand it because also, MLK yeah. is more from WD Dubois. Yeah. Cool. No worries. My thing is this. So, like, I know Malcolm X, he he was he was very educated, and I think he was talking about how he wanted to become a lawyer. Then a teacher told him, I, I can't find the word specifically. Did I write it down? That's it. Aspirations are too high for a nigger. All right. That there were the words. And then that's when he went down the the form of the he went down, he went into the streets, etc. 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 Now, I just, I just, I, I, in an ideal world, yes, I would love to go hand in hand in relation to politics and being in, yeah, in politics in this country. I just don't think that exists. It doesn't. We're fooling ourselves. You still didn't answer the question. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. Um, that's what, <laughs> so, so I can't. You can. can. Do you know what? I think I'm taking into consideration, yeah, it's like the time in which both W.D. Dubois and Booker T. Washington were making these statements or ideologies that the, of the right way to, yeah. uh, to, to increase or to help the black community. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, Pete, I, I'm going to give you a minute for you to decide because you know, you, you're, you're, not, you're not answering the question. But no, there's a reason why. Kind of, now, let, let me finish now. Just to kind of give you some context as well. Um, Booker T was like he was. He came from being a slave, and he, he freed himself. Essentially, no, I remember the whole thing. So, and things, so where, he... whereas the Bois, he he was he he came from like a more affluent side of life. So that's why their philosophy was so different. Yeah, but go on, P. Answer if you can. 
I, I really, I mean, I want to answer just for the sake of answering, not because I, because it's not a I, true I, question. I know it's, 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 it's not because I, I don't believe in any of, I don't believe in either of them. If I'm being honest, um, I would have went with Booker T. Washington in that you're you're self reliant, but yeah. like why I didn't want to answer it is with the whole Booker T. Washington being self reliant. We saw Black Wall Street. Oh, they're making money. Boom, drop some bonds. With the whole um, political thing becoming woven in society, yes, I think you become you can become woven in society to a point. There's a cap. Yeah, definitely. I think. See, I I I agree with what you're saying, but like, see, with the whole uh, Black Wall Street thing, which he goes on to mention as well. Yes, we we before that actually started, we wouldn't have known that was going to happen. That it was going to get burned down. So you had to be. You had to have. You've had to have had an optimistic mindset to believe that you can you can do it, and they did, and they proved it, and it was very successful. Obviously, up until eleven years that it was up and running, then obviously it it got burned down for the obvious reasons. But I personally, to answer the question as well, I would have sided with the Booker T, the Booker T philosophy, and um, the reason why is because yeah, I'm I'm heavily invested in self-development and doing for self but at the same time being aware that W.E.B. Du Bois philosophy has some credit to it in regards to being political because you need to be able to, as Mace rightly said, you need to be inside the system to be able to change the system as well um, but he goes on, Chris Freeman or well, both authors go on further down the line to say uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun here slightly, but basically to be able to unite both both philosophies and use both parts and 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 became, yeah unite both of those philosophies and 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 join as one essentially um, because they both have great parts and they both have um, things that you can obviously benefit as a black community um, overall. And moving on, if no one else has got anything else to say on that one. Um, no, I don't think so. It depends on what you're talking Just one other thing. Just um, in relation to W.E.B. Du Bois' theory in the top yeah. 10, sorry, in the 10 percentile, getting in and then change it from within and then raising levels of the other 90 percent or whatever. But mm. with, when you take into consideration and context the time period he was trying to do this, mm. and if you look at today, what you tend to have today is you will have people... You have people who essentially make it or made it and forget about the rest, and that was yeah. That's the black bourgeois. That's the black bourgeois. That's that's what um, uh, that's what uh, I think it. Marcus Garvey talks about he because he. I remember reading. I read the book of Marcus Garvey's his speeches, and I do. I wasn't aware at the time of W. E. Du Bois, but he speaks of him in a harsh manner, in terms of what he stood for and the fact that they had like. The, the upper class black bourgeois where they would go on to mingle amongst the whites in that those levels, not truly be respected, but because they're being um, almost put above the other, with the majority of blacks, they think that then I'm not part of the, the yeah. black class or black um, culture or black um, race, essentially, and that they're above them. But those white people that are allowing them into those circles still don't respect them as equals. They're just more like, we're going to appease you 
mm. and allow you to be amongst us, but we don't respect you how we respect ourselves, like our respect our others that are in the same position. So that's partly why I was a bit more, um, I would more lean towards Katie's side of things of being self self determined. So if you're not going to respect us, you like again going like going back to the Black Wall Street. We'll make our own. We'll prove it. We'll prove, not to say we'll, we have to prove it to you, but we'll prove it to ourselves that we can make us a, um, an, econ an economy that is self-sustained and live life nice and, and just as um, positive and, I guess, beneficial, etc., etc., in in our own in our own environment, which they did, because within Black Wall Street, uh, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at that time, and it's never been done since. But basically, the black dollar would circulate the community from ninety-six to about a thousand times before it left the black community. Whereas now, we're in a society where nowadays the black dollar or black pound doesn't stay in our community any longer than six hours. So just to kind of give you context of how successful um, black the Black Wall Street, well, it was coined the Black Wall Street. It wasn't actually called Black Wall Street, but it was just like the nickname for it. That's how, that's how powerful economically we was in that time and that space. Tell me, tell me what you love.